What's up, bitches? This is Morgan. And what's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And this is Bitches, bitches and, and Murders. murders. <laughs> <laughs> I started out, I was like, oh no, I'm all by myself again. <laughs> Eventually, we're just going to record ourselves saying it in unison, and we're just going to splice that in from now on. However, today is not that day, and tomorrow's not looking too great either, so don't hold your breath for that. I know. we. Uh, I almost hit record with uh, today, like, because they have an option where you can, like, record just the audio, but it still shows you the video. Oh. And like, maybe we need that. Maybe that would help, but also it might be kind of laggy, so yeah. I feel like it might not help at all, actually. I feel like that's probably not worth it. Okay. I can't I can't promise it's going to fuck your day up, necessarily. What? Um, I know. I know. Shocker. I feel like um, this is a... A mild Morgan case? Are you feeling I okay? I know. It's weird for me. Um, but it is still <laughs> unsolved. Okay. So, so that's fun. There's so there's a little bit of fuckery. I don't I don't do a lot of those. So No, that's usually like, like... For once. <laughs> <laughs> Not that this um well, I mean yeah, it's a little bit rough actually. Um, I was going to say how did it feel to lose your goddamn mind cuz I feel like that's what I've been doing for the last like 4 weeks. Yeah, it is really frustrating, especially cuz it's like spoiler um, it's still unsolved, so, like, that's extra, extra frustrating, and honestly, there's really, like, no super great... We'll get into that. We'll get into that. I'm not going to spoil everything ahead of time. Okay. So Dude, Literally, one of my cold case notes with, ends with, I don't know, nobody knows, I don't fucking know, and my brain hurts. <laughs> literally. Like, and it, it sucks, because I feel like sometimes... When we do these, there's, like, a couple of, like, decently good suspects. But that's what I feel not. like there's not a lot of, not a lot there. All right, hit me with it. What are we talking about? All right. Let me chew my raisin really fast. Okay. <laughs> that was an ill-timed raisin. Anyways. <laughs> so, normally this would be the part when I tell you all about the guy. The but- guy. I don't know the guy. (laughs) So we're going to skip all of the parts about the guy. (laughs) And we're just going to talk about... I hope you know I'm going to go watch Spy Kids 3D now after this because of the guy. The guy. (laughs) Um, We're just going to get right into the meat of it. We're just going to jump right in. The only way Uh, to do cold cases. (laughs) Honestly. Um, So February 23rd. 1968, so okay. we're throwing it back a little bit, um, Bye. the naked body of 25-year-old auxiliary nurse Patricia Docker um, was found inside, so she was found in, like, the doorway of a garage, um, that oh, guy who was just- we jumped right into it. Walking to work. He was just minding his own business, walking to work in Glasgow, and- I, Okay. <laughs> I know you said that you were going to jump right into it and like I just didn't expect that like that had about as much foreplay as a straight man. (laughs) 
what the uh, f- four words describing the date wasn't enough of a lead up for no. you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, man shows up to work, naked body. Yes. Say love So, walking to work, runs into a naked body. Bad day. Um, and she, like, she lived very, very close to this. Like, this was literally, like, feet away from her house. Um, oh. And her body had been extensively beaten, um, especially, like, above the neck. Mm. Uh, and then she had been strangled to death with something, they could tell it was something, like, strong, but, and they thought it was maybe a belt, but, you know, without without it, it's kind of hard to, like, definitively say what it was. Fair. Um, she, like I said, was unclothed. Um, and her clothing actually was never found, um, but they did find her purse, um, which they found in the water. I think he just, like, tossed it in the river and they ended up dragging it up. And then her watch was also tossed in, like, a kind of a deep puddle, essentially. Like, it wasn't, like, super visible from the surface, but it wasn't, like, in the river with everything else either. Okay. And I'm assuming her her clothes were probably thrown in the river, and they probably just, like, missed them. Like, they got carried down a little bit faster or something. Yeah. Which would make sense, because purses are heavy. (laughs) And likely to just, you know, sink to the bottom. Right, like, that would have just landed on the embankment wherever you threw it, and the clothes would have actually had some, like, movement to them, so probably would have gotten, like, carried away exactly that's exactly what i was thinking too so um they did actually like like jump on this right away investigation wise like they immediately started going door to door um you know asking people if they heard anything if they saw anything um they did have one witness excuse me (laughs) (laughs) a very unladylike i know classy um, they did find one witness who had heard a woman scream, leave me alone, um, like the night before, but that was about it. Nobody else really saw anything or heard anything. Um, fun facts. If you scream that at like 1230 at your dog because you caught a rabbit, um, and your dog has like a human name, like Richard, um, your neighbors will call the cops on you. Fun facts. Leave me alone, Richard. Uh, I don't think I said leave me alone. I think I was yelling at him to drop it. Because, like, you knew Ricky. If I was mad at him, I called him Richard. Mm-hmm. And I had just gotten home from work. It was, like, 1230, 1 o'clock in the morning. And he had a rabbit. And I was literally yelling at him, like, fucking drop it, Richard. <laughs> and then the cops came. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, it's just my fucking dog. And they walked around my apartment to make sure I wasn't, like, lying the whole thing mm, i love that so fun facts maybe if you have nosy neighbors <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta nickname your dog something that's very clearly <laughs> dog name because if you say drop it lucky everybody knows you're talking to a dog right away <laughs> just call him dog <laughs> anyway anyways <laughs> I'm so sorry for that sidebar. No, you're fine. I love that imagery, honestly. (laughs) Um, So they didn't really find a lot of evidence at the crime scene either. Um, The guy who came 
in the ambulance to pick up the body though he like had known her like he had worked with her before um so he actually was the one that was like hey she works at Meanskirk hospital um it's just like in the nearby town next door um and then the the next day after that they had her father come in and like officially officially identify her but they knew who she was like almost right away uh she was a single mother uh, all with just one child um her and her husband like she had been married but they were split up at the moment and they were getting like officially divorced okay so the night that she got murdered she had told her parents that she was going to go dancing at the majestic ballroom on hope street but for some reason and nobody really knows why um she decided to go to the barrowland ballroom instead um, which they were hosting like this over 25s night event that night. So maybe she like was going to go to the other bar and then like found out that they were having like this special event. So she like decided to go there instead, but she didn't like tell her parents or inform anybody that she was changing her plans. Okay. Um, obviously she didn't come home. Uh, but her parents weren't worried right away because they're like, well, I mean, she's literally going to a bar to try to, like, go find a date. So, like, she probably found a date. Like, they weren't, like, (laughs) really that concerned about it. They were just like, yeah, she's probably, you know, like, with somebody. Um, but that obviously was not the case. And they didn't even know, like I said, like, they didn't know right away that she had left like, and had gone to this other ballroom place, like, they actually found that out, like, a couple of days later when they actually went to these, like, went to the first place, and they were like, yeah, she was here for a little bit, but then she left, and she was at this bar instead. So, autopsy um, was conducted by Gilbert Forbes um, at the University of Glasgow Medical School. Um, He also agreed that the cause of death was strangulation. Um, He said that he couldn't really see any sign of sexual assault, But the investigators do think that she was either sexually assaulted or he was planning to sexually assault her. They said for sure that she was, even though the autopsy said that she wasn't. Um, But we'll get into that later. But anyways, Um, so the rigor mortis also determined that she probably died like very, very shortly after leaving the second ballroom, the Barrowland one. Um, and they also, like, they assumed, like, so she was walking home, some guy grabs her, hits her in the head a couple of times, you know, she screams. He sexually assaults her, is planning to sexually assault her, ends up strangling her to death and leaving her body. Um, but, like, all, like I said, all of her clothes were missing, so then he obviously had to, like, go dispose of all of those things before you know leaving her there whatever okay um and i think it's because he does sexually assault other people later that the investigators assume that she was sexually assaulted i think it makes more sense he sexually assaults people and this is a cold case yeah well i mean 1968 oh fair i guess they didn't have the best like forensics back then exactly which I was is, like, that feels so weird, but... Well, mm-hmm. and she didn't have... Like, this girl specifically didn't have any, like, 
evidence of sexual assault. Okay. Um, so I feel like that's more like he was either building up to it, or maybe he got scared away, or maybe he strangled her to make her stop screaming, and he, yeah. like, accidentally killed her, and he didn't mean to, so he didn't, like, follow through with it or something. Right. You know what like, I mean? Like, this was like, part of his, like, escalation phase. Exactly. Which, all of that makes more sense to me. I don't know why the cops are just like, yep, sexually <laughs> assaulted, even though oh the God. autopsy guy was like, dude, no. <laughs> Not really. I mean- Obviously, there are ways to sexually assault someone without leaving evidence. So I, won't, I right. don't want to say, like, nothing happened, but, like, strange. Anyways, moving on. Yeah. And for for people who might be new, because we have been a little bit more active on our social media and it's been bringing in new followers, which, woo, so exciting. Um, when we say things like escalation phase, um, there is a pattern with a lot of serial criminals, because I'm not going to just like put killers in this category it's like serial criminals where they're just consistently doing these things is they start with their like whatever thing their thing you know and then they get bored of it or get too comfortable in it and either get cocky or just want to like kind of buff it up a little bit and they go through this escalation period um so a lot of times you'll see this with like serial rapists that become serial murderers um my brain just gave up on life and doesn't have any more examples. But whenever we say escalation yeah, phase, like that's what become... we're referring to. Yeah. 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 Petty thieves that become too, like, like, yeah. Burglar. And you yeah. Can, stuff like that. And you can think of it as kind of like, like a drug addiction almost. It's like, you know, yeah. eventually like you can't just perpetually say, take the same dose of a drug every single time and have it affect you the same way. Like it might affect you really well the first couple of times but then after that, like, that's not going to be enough for you. You're going to have to up the dose. You're going to have to up the game. Yeah. <sighs> you, you see the same phenomenon with gamblers where they start with, like, a slot machine and then they work their way up to, like, you know, like, horse racing and then poker and, you know, whatever and ever and ever. And then they end up, you know, $20,000 in debt because they have no handle over it. Mm-hmm. Same concept. Anyway, continue. The police are silly gooses and they don't think that it's an escalation phase, even though it clearly is, but it's fine. (laughs) Okay. So fast forward to August 16th of 1969. It's a Saturday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks for telling me it was a Saturday. (laughs) Well, it's sort of pertinent. It's not like super pertinent, but it, 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 it makes sense. So... 31-year-old mother of three, Jemima oh McDonald, is oh out dancing at the Berlin Ballroom. So they just explain, it's, a, it's, a, okay. it's a normal, it's Saturday. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Saturday night. So she's out dancing, too, having a fun time. Um, she used to go there a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her sister would, like, take care of her three kids while she, you know, she was out for a couple of hours. <laughs> so it's getting close to midnight, and she was spotted by several people to be with this like younger, super like nice looking, well spoken guy. Um, pretty not like small, but just like kinda you know, just like a average guy. Just an average good looking guy. Okay. Probably between like twenty five and thirty five. People said he was about between six foot, six two, 
Um, he had short, dark brown hair uh, that had like little bits of blonde in it. So kind of distinctive. Okay. And so then- he's kind of like giving like a Ryan, Ryan Reynolds-esque thing where like you look like every other stereotypical handsome white man. Yes. Exactly. Honestly, with the description, he actually looks a lot like Ryan Reynolds. Oh, no. (laughs) Even down to the short, dark brown hair with, like, a little bit of blonde in it. God damn it, Ryan Reynolds, we're on to you. (laughs) Um, But he also had, like, a very distinctive accent from the area. So, like, it was clear that he was, like, from this area. Okay. Um. And he also, like, one of the more notable things about him was that he would randomly put Bible quotes, like, in his conversation. Like, he would just very casually quote the Bible a lot. Mm. And so later on, his, um... I know one of those. I don't like Serial killer name or whatever. Um, His nickname, essentially, is Bible John. (laughs) Which is originally why I wanted to cover this. Because I was just like, what what could oh. that possibly mean? I so. don't think it tops the black doodler, but it's getting real close for me. No, I don't think anything's going to top the no. black doodler, to be honest. That's a, that's a pretty good one. Bible um, John. Oh my god. Bible John. That's who we're talking about today. What, a, what a moniker. <laughs> um. So she was seen leaving... Uh, a little bit after midnight on August the 17th with this mm-hmm. dude. Um, they were walking towards like the main street, literally called like Main Street, um, which is like the direction back to her house. They were spotted around like 1240, um, but she never showed up. So Margaret gets concerned. Um, she starts hearing that. Hold on. Sorry. Let me. Let me say that again. I don't know why my brain could not like make those sentences happen. Anyways, Margaret got concerned when her sister did not come home. I don't know why, but she did not call the cops immediately. Maybe she assumed she was like with a guy or something. Yeah. But it didn't really seem like her her speed. Where like with the other lady, they were like, okay, yeah, like she was going to find a date. So like if she ended up with a guy, like that's not that weird. Where, like, in this situation, they were like, no, she, like, comes home, though. Yeah. Like, it was weird. And then a little bit later that day. One of those situations where if it was today, their phone would have prompted them to check their location. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Dude, that would Um, not be funny. And she, like, she starts hearing, like, the kids on the street hear Mm -hmm. that, or, like, whisper about there being a body in like this like old like abandoned building that's not far from them Mm. and so like a couple you know this is sunday so like monday morning she still hasn't shown up and margaret's like i i have to do it don't i like god i I can't imagine how her heart must have just sank which i don't know why you wouldn't have called the cops before right this. but also i guess i do kind of get it because i feel like i also like if i had a sibling and i knew where their body was like i probably would go find it first before i would even think about calling the cops honestly yeah well and she might have the like 
idea of like if this is my sister i need to know and you know if like you call the cops and report that kind of situation they're not going to tell you jack shit for like hours yeah so she was probably yeah so she was probably like i'm gonna confirm if it's my sister or not if it's not i'm gonna have a mental breakdown and then figure out where my sister is and if it is i'm going to have a mental breakdown (laughs) yeah honestly um but she went there obviously um, and she did find her sister's body, no. um, which was very, very badly beaten. Mm. And uh, just her shoes and her socks were left beside her. Um, she had been sexually assaulted mm-hmm. um, and then obviously beaten. And then she was strangled to death with one of her own socks. Um, she had been dead about 30 hours before her body was discovered. So, like, he must have killed her, like, right after they were spotted. Like, walking down that street. Um, Like, probably, like, killed her there, honestly. Yeah, or, like, you know, they took a little tiny detour down onto the street and he killed her right there. Yeah. Um, she was fully clothed still minus her socks and her shoes that were lying next to her um but her like underwear Mm. and stuff had been ripped and interesting you know what we're we're gonna we're gonna get back to this because there's a similarity that all these women have but i think i'm gonna wait until we get a little bit farther to talk about what it is that's a secret mouse tool for later yes (laughs) just don't let me forget about it let me (laughs) let me come (laughs) back to it i will remind you don't you worry Okay, so obviously they the police start asking questions because after she finds the body and obviously calls the police. Um, so they start asking questions. Um, they found several eyewitnesses who like very much described the guy she was with, who like saw him super well. Were like, you know, this is the dude. This is what he looks like. This is what he talks like. Mm-hmm. Um, they also went up and down the street that she was found on, uh, McKeith Street, and. They also found a woman who heard screams the night of the murder, which she couldn't say when, um, but I'm assuming probably between 1245 and 1am would be my guess. Okay. Um, so they, the police obviously like right away were kind of like, this murder is like a little bit similar to that other murder, um, but they didn't want to like be like yeah for sure same guy that's it only one guy that's definitely what it is um because they were you know it was like 1969 yeah the technology was not great and there was very (laughs) little evidence so it was like kind of hard to want to be like yeah for sure it's one guy and then turns out you have multiple guys walking down the street murdering people and you didn't investigate it right um so (laughs) Unfortunately, like, the first murder of Patricia became a cold case really, really fast. There was no witnesses, no evidence. She -hmm. wasn't found till three days after. So a lot of, like, the physical evidence wasn't there as well. Um, About 18 months later is when this one also happened. Yes. Okay. Um... But nobody, so also too, like with the second murder that happened like 18 months later, like they were like, okay, similar circumstances, little evidence, but they're like, okay, nobody recognized the guy she was with. 
even though all of them are like his accents from this area you know we describe him super well like nobody had ever seen him before either that feels so weird because like especially because like he had the tendency to like throw bible verses into casual conversation like i feel like that doesn't describe very many people yeah and like (laughs) as like a young like well-dressed like clearly educated like decently handsome dude like you think he would like stand out yeah you know what i mean mean? unless he's just like no really good at accents and he's just faking it which is possible i mean i mean it's impressive i commend it if that's the case i don't condone i commend (laughs) (laughs) not same same (laughs) um so for the first time ever um in scotland they made a composite drawing of the guy from eyewitness accounts and they like spread it out all over, you know, newspapers and television and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, They also put male and female undercover police officers at the ballroom. Um, But they ended up kind of cutting that a couple of months later because nothing was happening. And they're like, okay, "Okay, it's a lot of time and energy for nothing. Which makes sense because there was 18 months between the first murder and the second murder and they terminated the surveillance in late October of 1969. Mm-hmm. So like max they were surveilling for like a month. So it's like well yeah no shit he waited 18 months last time like why why right, would like- he kill again <laughs> in a month? Like that's not very realistic. Oh, It's almost like they struggle with pattern recognition. but however they didn't have to wait that much longer because October 31st of 1969 a man who was walking his dog discovered 29 year old Helen Patak um, behind like a set of apartments um, not too far from where all of the rest of the stuff was happening in Glasgow she was next to a drain pipe in like the little there was like little they had like little tiny gardens in the back of their apartments and she was mm-hmm. like in the little garden um she was partially unclothed she had also been beaten and then she had also been strangled to death with one of her own stockings um her handbag like the others like so the handbag itself was missing But hers was the only one where, like, some of the stuff in her handbag was kind of, like, scattered all over. So it probably dumped when he picked it up and he just, like, ran away with it anyways. Even though he lost, like, most of the stuff that was inside of it. Yeah. Um, It was very clear, like, the grass was all, like, torn up and she was, like, dirty. And, like, it it was very clear that there was a struggle. Like... She did not go gently into that mm-hmm. good night. Like, there was a lot of struggle. Um, and she had even tried to, like... Like, behind her apartment, there was, like, railroad tracks on, like, a little bit of a hill. Um, there was evidence that she had even tried to, like, scale that and run away down the railroad tracks. Um, she had, you know, also been strangled, obviously, beaten... Um, but she was the only one who had a deep bite mark on her upper right thigh as well. And then she they have had dental impressions and they still haven't found this man. I mean, it is still 1969. 
Yeah, but dental impressions is how we caught Bundy. That's true. But when was that? Wasn't that like the mid eighties? Um, something like that. I will look it up. You keep talking. Um, do you want to know what they all had in common now? This really, really weird coincidence that all of these girls had in common. Hmm. Every single victim was on their period at the time of the murder. Ew. And every single time he took their like sanitary napkin and he like put it around their body. Like with her, he put it underneath her left arm. Yeah, see, Bundy wasn't very much later. When Bundy was, was like mid 70s. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't have as much money. Maybe they mm-hmm. just couldn't do it. Maybe. Anyway. I Wait, hate look that. Look up when bite my compressions were invented. Maybe it just coincidentally was in the years between these. <laughs> which would be kind of funny. Okay. So. The evening before, Helen and her sister Jean had been to the ballroom where they had... What? They've been using bite mark impressions in forensic studies since 1692. Well, what the fuck? (laughs) Well, what the fuck? (laughs) Anyway. I hate it. I hate it so much. And I was like having a uh, crisis. I was like, did, maybe they didn't find her body in time. But I, like I hate. Did, so I hate everything that they have in common. I hate that they have bite mark impressions, and I just I hate it. Continue. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I said, Helen and her sister had gone to the ballroom. They mm-hmm. both met men. Both of these men's names were John. Um, one of them said he worked as a slater and lived in Castle Milk, and the other one who was this well-spoken gentleman um, didn't actually say where he lived or where he was from or what he did. Um, They were hanging out with them for like an hour. They all left to go home together. Um, Her sister's dance partner walked with them up to George Square to get on a bus while the sister, Helen, and Bible John got a taxi. Those three get off at Glasgow Cross. They walk 20 minutes towards her sister's house. Um, They drop off the sister. And then Helen and Bible John supposedly go to Helen's house. That's where they're headed. Um, But they notice later, like, the sister was like, yeah, like, he was like, quoting a bunch of Old Testament stories about Moses and he like he called the ballroom an (laughs) adulterous den of iniquity and then he also like at some point said something about disproving of married women visiting ballrooms and stuff like that so what super super weird and judgmental religious propaganda honestly 
I feel like he didn't have to say all that. Just call everybody harlots because that other thing is just too many. It's too much. Also, like, you literally are picking up women at a, like, at a place. Like, who are you to say that? Like, you're, you're there too. You're literally picking these women up. Like, yeah, but are participating. You know how that is. It doesn't, it's, it's okay when men do it, but women should stay, you know, pure and chaste and whatever else. Also, I didn't think I had to say it, but ladies, if you're at a bar and the man you're talking to will not give you any personal details, don't go home with him. Yeah, that's terrifying. Don't Just do don't, that. Don't fucking do it, guys. So, the um, the guy that she, Jean, the sister, mm-hmm. saw with Helen, pretty like pretty much matched the description of the guy from before. Tall, slim, well dressed, well spoken, quotes Bible verses. Um, she said that he had more reddish hair than dark brown hair. Um, but she also estimated him to be between 25 and 30, guessed that he was around six foot. Um, and then she wasn't sure exactly what last name he gave. It was either Templeton, Sempleson, Emerson, like something like that. But like they're in a loud bar. When yeah, something was happening. So, um, and then obviously, like I said, like, you know, he was quoting weird Bible verses and shit. Um, so... She was saying, too, like, she was, like, not only was he, like, giving me weird vibes because he was, like, quoting all these weird Bible verses and shit, um, but she was, like, as we were, like, in this taxi, like, I became very obvious that he, like, did not want the sister to be there. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was, like, going on and on, too. He was, like, lecturing them about, like, why he doesn't consume alcohol um, and, like talking about how his parents were really strict and that's why he never started drinking alcohol but now he just goes to these places to pray um and it just just very strange weird vibes weird weird religious trauma vibes and with a mixture of daddy issues all around (laughs) it's giving overly pious and i'm not a fan Yeah, and he, like, mentioned his dad, like, several times, and about how these thoughts were kind of, like, also his dad's thoughts as well, so kind of sounds like they were just, like, a preacher's kid kind of situation. Yeah, those are the most traumatized. Um, She also told detectives that he had been wearing a Reed and Taylor brand suit, he smoked embassy cigarettes, Um, And that he also seemed super familiar with the area. Like, he was talking to them about, like, several different bars. So, like, clearly he'd done been around here. Like, he knows what's in the area. He knows what all the different establishments are like. Also, it's like, okay, so drinking and dancing is so bad, but you know every single fucking bar in the area? Like, you know what every single one of them is like and where they are? But, but the other people going there have the problem. You don't have the problem, right? <laughs> we love it. Yeah, sounds about Christian. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and then she also even said, like, he had, like, overlapping front teeth. But then, like, they went to the ballroom and the bouncers were like, 
no, that's not really that accurate. Like he was shorter than that and he had black hair and this and that. So hard to really say what's the truth. Um, because even the description before that said that he had dark brown hair with like blonde highlights. So like none of those things are similar to each other. Though I do believe the crooked teeth because it is England that we're talking about. In the 1970s. So. Damn. <laughs> really out here just stereotyping. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. Um, the last time that he was seen was on a night service bus where the driver and the conductor both saw him getting on at Dumberton Road and Gray Street around 2 a.m. on Halloween. He was like very disheveled like he had stains on his jacket like grass stains and stuff he had like a big red mark on his face and his face was like a little bit swollen um he was like i guess really nervous and like constantly like adjusting his clothes and he kept like specifically adjusting one sleeve like the cuff of his sleeve into his jacket so i'm assuming that he like got blood on his actual shirt and he was like mm. trying to shove the sleeve like in the jacket so you couldn't see the blood which would make sense too why he was like nervously fixing it every five seconds yeah um and then he got off of the bus and walked towards the public ferry to cross the river to get to the south side of the city and then he was not seen again um so by this point obviously they were like okay all of these seem like really similar like, they're all single mothers of, like, people who have at least one kid. They all met their killer at the same place. The handbag of all of them were missing. They were all strangled. They were all beaten. They were all sexually assaulted. They were all killed right by their houses. And all of them were on their period. Yeah, that's such a weird thing to have in common. Which, and I thought of this right away, and this is also how the like investigators kind of started to look at it at this point was that they were wondering if he like took them home and then like with the intention to like try to sleep with them and then when they wouldn't because they were on their periods then he got really mad about it and killed them but because it seems weird that would just be the coincidence but maybe for like the girl's he took home that like weren't on their periods he like slept with them but it seems like weird that he would do that you know what i mean like why would you just like kill one group of people who is on their periods and not like all of them like what about them not being on their period would make them like less killable you know yeah like you think if they actually slept with him willingly that that would make them more like harlotty you know what yeah. I mean? Like he would just look down on them even more harshly. So, unless he's like that weird, like specific brand of Christianity that's like periods are gross and sinful and punishment for the original sin and like that whole thing. But like, dude, just tell us you hate women. <laughs> yeah, I'm honestly wondering too if maybe he just like was like a rapist before 
this, like, before he escalated the one night. Mm-hmm. And now it's, like, maybe because, like, like, maybe the first girl that he killed, it was not intentional that she was, like, on her period. Actually, maybe that's why he didn't sexually assault her. Well, um, at least there was no maybe? full evidence of sexual assault. Um, maybe he, like, realized she was on her period and then, like, freaked out. And then after that, he specifically, like, sought it out as part of the fantasy because that was, like, the first girl that he killed. So it was, like, significant to him. Yeah. But then that, like, begs the question of, like, how much was going into his killings? Like, was he casing this pe- these people and, like, noticed that they would go to this specific location frequently and then would, like, keep tabs on them and then, like, when they were, you know, cycling is when he would approach them at the bar. Honestly, I kind of feel like it's probably more just opportunity. I mean, this is just, like, a big bar. You know what I mean? Like, it's a really big dance hall. Mm-hmm. I'm sure most of the people who go there are, like, in his demographic. Like, they probably are, like, single mothers sure. around that age and stuff. Because even, like, the one day, the first girl, like, he literally met her at the, like, over 25s night. So, like, there's a good chance that most of the women at that very well might likely have at least one child. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like that could be either or, like... Maybe he was planning out in advance, but also, I mean, that's not too crazy of a coincidence. And like I said, like, we don't know what he did with other girls. So it's like, okay, yeah, he killed these ones that were on their period. But like, what if he also killed other ones who weren't and just hid them better? Or what if he just sexually assaulted those girls? Or right, maybe like he that's just why slept there's a them. And 18 then, like, month gap. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he just like slept with them and then just fucking left them, you know? Like it's so hard to know cuz also it's not like sexual assault was that reported back then either. So like if there was girls mm-hmm. who were just sexually assaulted and got away, like they right, like they're not very well might anything. not report it. So ugh, it's so frustrating. This is one of the few where, like, reading through, like, I don't really blame them for mm-hmm. not catching the person. Or at least, like, not catching them right away. Because there's just it, so many, like, what ifs. And there's no I real mean, way to answer any of them. Devil's Advocate, that's a really specific MO. And you have a consistent location and a consistent description. Well, that's and the you hard part. Absolutely, I, like, stake out that bar. Well, yeah, and I wonder. Well, and they did stake it out for a while. Just, you know, it's it's hard to stake it out for like year. Like, I don't. With there being eighteen months between the first and the second one, I don't blame them for stopping it early. But if they would have just kept their investigation going for like two more weeks, they very well might have caught him. You know, because he killed someone on the 31st. And that was, like, right after they, like, terminated it. Yeah. So I think he knew. Like, I think he saw them there. And then just backed off. Until they went away. And then he killed someone right afterwards. It's so... I don't love it. So Yeah, it's so hard to, like, say. Because even it's, like... 
okay, if he's like so weird and religious, like what if he killed more girls, but he like thought the ones on their period were like dirty or like not deserving of like a proper disposal. So those ones he just left in like in public where he actually like disposed of the other bodies or, you know, like there's so many possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, Like anyway, I hate it. (laughs) Moving on. Um, so within hours of finding Helen, um, they had another composite drawing up, um, done by her sister. Mm-hmm. And she also saw the one that was created, like after she made hers, she saw the one from before, after Jemima's murder. And she also said that like, she was like, yep, that's spot on. Like he looks just like that. Like that's super accurate. Um, so the detective superintendent, he asked the public to, you know, look at it. See if you know this guy, like somebody's going right. to fucking know this guy. Um, and they also went to 450 different hairdressers around the area because oh he God. had like a very, very short haircut, which was like not what was in style in 1969 going into yeah. 1970. Um, and so they were like, well, one of his, like, if, like, his hairstylist would probably remember this guy. Like, it's weird that this guy has this haircut in this time period. Like, it would stand out to people. And then, like, he's still doing, like, a high and tight when, you know, Shaggy was coming in. Exactly. And then they also went into all of the dentists. And then they also asked them for their records to see if they had any records of a male patient that had overlapping incisors and a missing tooth in his upper right jaw. Um, Unfortunately, nothing came of either of these lines of inquiry at all. Damn, really? Yeah, which is super frustrating because honestly, like, those were really good ideas. And that's a shit ton of work. That's a lot of people. Um, in June of 1970, they tried to, like, make even a better, like, updated version, um, of, like, the portrait. Like, they had, like, an actual artist come in and do, like, a professional full portrait Mm -hmm. of the guy they were trying to find rather than just, like, a sketch. Um, they had more than 100 detectives working full-time on the case, and they had over five five hundred fifty thousand witness statements that they had gotten going door to door. They questioned more than five thousand suspects in the first year alone. Um, and the poor sister had to go attend over three hundred like criminal lineups trying to identify him. Oh my god. And she never found like never found the guy. Um they also had 16 detectives who would go like undercover to all of like the ballrooms around and the dance halls. Um and of course like the one the Barrowland ballroom obviously. They were at that one constantly. Um mm-hmm. especially at the over 25 events. Because that was the one that the first girl was taken at. Unfortunately, that 
did nothing really um and Yielded all of the zero cases results. went cold yeah um to the point where like all of the officers are like maybe the guy died maybe he's in jail like maybe he moved away like you know um and some of them even kind of started like turning on the police department and saying that like the police department actually knows who it is but like they can't prove it or like he's not even here anymore like he just moved away and you know so there's getting to be a little bit of unrest at this point as well um so this like the police were like okay like we hear you like we'll expand our search so they brought in the british army navy and air force bases and they had them distribute drawings all across like the uk europe and even the middle east god damn um but obviously nothing came of this yielded zero results um so now we're going to talk about possible suspects because we do have not many (laughs) and no good ones not many (laughs) (laughs) but we've had a very small small handful pop up okay um so one of the detective chief inspectors his name is les brown um he thought that this guy who was arrested in 1969 was like a pretty decent option seemed like he could be the guy um but he was dismissed because he didn't have like the crooked front teeth um but this man had been caught arguing with a young woman in the Berlin ballroom um right before his arrest and he also really looked like the portrait and mm-hmm. he had also lied to them and given them like a fake name and a fake address before he finally admitted who he was. Um, and so they had like, I guess, like arrested this guy several times. Like after they let him go, they arrested him several more times for like more fights. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had been going by the name like they called him John White because that was like the alias that he had given them. Um, but I guess Les Brown and stuff, he was like, he thinks that like the whole, his demeanor, like he seemed like a killer and he thought that mm. he was the perpetrator and he was super mad that they made him dismiss him just because his front teeth weren't crooked. Um, which to be fair is a little bit silly of a reason because like eyewitnesses misremember shit all the time. I just, um, <sighs> and only one person said he had crooked front teeth. Have dental impressions. Yeah. Well, they don't, because they didn't take dental impressions. So, well, they don't. They could they, have in theory, but they could have, but they don't have it. Um, but <laughs> since then, um, this this detective guy wrote a whole book where oh, in God. it he wrote that he thought this guy did it. And the guy came forward and was like, bro, I will literally give you my DNA if you stop telling people I did this because I didn't do it. <laughs> and, and he gave them their DNA and they were like, he no. was yeah. released as a suspect. Like, he's not a suspect. <laughs> like, he, he didn't do it. Surprise. The poor dude's just like, I was just arguing with a lady that doesn't make me a killer. Right. Like, I'm stupid and I get drunk in the bar fights. Like, 
<laughs> this is not the face of a killer, Bella. <laughs> Literally, though. <laughs> um, and then I hope that guy's doing okay. Better, not not great, because like you sound like a drunk asshole when you but get drunk. But like, really I hope you're doing okay. Better. I hope only one side of your pillow is warm. <laughs> Um, so in 1983, we're on to a different guy now. Uh, in okay. 1983, um, an anonymous man contacted police. Um, he said that his friend was Bible John and that they had been both been raised in Glasgow and they'd both gone to the, like that specific ballroom a bunch in the 1960s. Um, and he said that he had like read an article in the evening times about it and then realized that like, this was his friend who did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he told them that his friend was now living in the Netherlands, married to a Dutch woman there, and like nothing ever came of this. Like the guy just like hung up on them and never gave them more information, and they never managed to hunt this person down because he did not give them any concrete information. Interesting. Um, so, who knows about any of that? Uh, next sex suspect words are hard (laughs) (laughs) um so after all of these killings happened quite a few women came forward to say that they had been sexually assaulted after going to this ballroom Mm -hmm. and one specific woman hannah martin said that she had been assaulted by this guy specifically and not only had she been assaulted by this guy but she had his baby at the nearby hospital in January of 1970. She had I a mean, daughter. That's and an she easy said, story to cooperate because, like, if your daughter's DNA matches any of the DNA on the crime scene, then ta da, exactly. it's her dad. In April of 1969, she had gone to the ballroom. She left in the company of this man who they hooked up. Um, he offered to drive her home and then he got like weird and creepy. Like he started getting kind of aggressive with her and she kind of freaked out and she, she threw up in his car (laughs) and then he like was basically like, get the fuck out of my car. Uh, and just kind of like left her there and drove off. Uh, which when in doubt be gross. Yeah. Honestly, like win for her, I would rather be stranded on the side of the street than, murdered um literally if you get kidnapped be gross piss your pants shit yourself make yourself throw up be disgusting so 1996 um they exhumed the body of a man called john Irvin mcginnis um from a graveyard in scotland nearby um Mm -hmm. he had been in the scots guards he had killed himself in 1980 at the age of 41 um he severed the artery in his upper arm and oh that's a gnarly way to go yeah not not what i would have chosen um for sure uh he was the cousin of one of the original suspects and he was also related to one of the police officers investigating it oh Um, how very death note of him and um okay they took a DNA sample from his body to compare with semen samples. Uh, that's what it was. They got semen samples off of the stockings that belonged to Helen. 
and that had been used to strangle her. Because I was like, I do not remember them getting samples from the bodies, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. They were from the stockings. Got it. I knew I would explain it later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they tried to compare them, but it was inconclusive. Um, So they said that they had insufficient evidence to link him to it. Um, So the the crown... (laughs) The, uh, their federal government basically um, officially mm-hmm. cleared him of any involvement which I'm sure he cared so much about because he was dead um, but I'm sure his family cared about it because I right. wouldn't want my family member being accused of that post-mortem either that's fair um, so this is probably like the most likely suspect Okay. Um, the most likely suspect is this guy named Peter Tobin um, and there's quite a few different investigators and criminologists and stuff that think that this guy might be the guy. Um, so Tobin was convicted in May of 2007 of murdering Angelica Kolk, um, mm-hmm. who was a Polish student. She was beaten, um, sexually assaulted, and then stabbed to death. And then he had moved to Glasgow in August of 1969. Uh, which is like right before the last two murders. And he had actually met his wife that he was moving to Glasgow to marry and stuff. He met her at that ballroom in 1968. Oh. So like he was there in 1968 as well, even though he okay. didn't like live in the area quite yet. And then he lived there for like 20 years. And then in the late 80s, he started like bouncing back and forth between there and like Scotland or there in England. I mean, <laughs> I was like, we're, we're, in we're already in Scotland. <laughs> Between there and England. Gotcha. Um, sh- like, they, even though he stabbed Angelica, like, the attacks were very similar. Um, okay. They're, like, it was very, very ferocious. Like, the way he, like, disposed of her body. Um, and just, like, the way it seemed like this was very much, like, not the first time he had done this. However, and this comes back around to what I was talking about earlier, the difference or like one discrepancy, as you could call it, between the Bible John murders and this Peter guy's murder is that Peter buried his victims. Oh. But I don't know if you remember me saying... That maybe he disposed of all the regular girls in a different way. But oh, yeah. He thought that the girls were menstruating were like dirty or like, gross or whatever. Yeah. Not deserving of it. And so he left them in public places. Because that's like the big kicker. That's the big thing that everybody's like, oh, well, it can't be him because he buried all his victims. And yeah, but if she was John on left her all their period. victims in public places. Yeah. But what if it was just the girls on their period? Mm, I hate because it. Angelica wasn't on her period. So it would make sense for her to have been buried. Also, like, he looks kind of like the drawing as well especially like in that Mm -hmm. time period um all three of this dude's former wives uh said that it was honestly just a living hell 
Like they were locked inside of the house. He would strangle them. He would beat them. He would sexually assault them. And you know what each one of them said? What? That he was driven to extreme physical violence by the female menstrual cycle. How? As someone well, who was that a, does not bode well. Yeah, he was a very strong Roman Catholic. With obviously, yep, very is. strong religious views. <laughs> um, and they also said that he would frequently use John Semple, the name John Semple, as an alias, which is super similar to what her uh, Helen's sister said that that guy had like given his name as. So. Um, this one guy, Dave Wilson, Dave David. I don't know why I called him Dave. Like I know him. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're like Dave. yeah, this dude Dave. <laughs> I, as soon as I came into my mouth, I was like, why do I say that? <laughs> Anyways, I'm so sorry, Mr. Wilson. Um, he um has been investigating this case for like three years. Okay. Um, and he, he like very strongly believes that it's this guy. Um, and he thinks that all of this, like, occurred because Tobin was on trial in 1991 for the murder of an 18-year-old. Um, and they ended up later, like, so he got arrested in 2007 for that murder, right? But mm-hmm. that was, like, not the first time shit had happened. Obviously, like, he he was on trial for this, but I think he gets away with it. Or he goes to prison for a little bit. I can't remember. Um but they, when they, in 2007, when they arrested him and stuff and they like searched his house and everything, they found multiple bodies buried in his garden, uh, which is why they're like, he buried all the bodies. And it's like, okay, but what if he didn't bury all the bodies? What if he just buried the girls that he wasn't super mad at because they were on their period? Yeah. I think of all the options you've given me, that's the most compelling one. Yeah. And they also like, the one of the like the 18 year old that they found her friend testified against him and all of that stuff seemed very very similar to like Helen and her sister's like interaction like even to the point where in both of the conversations the dude mentioned specifically that he did not drink there and he also specifically mentioned having a cousin who got a hole in one in a golf match like, hmm. both of them heard that story. Um, and... Oh, okay, yeah. I did write it here. I was like, I know I would mention this at some point. I don't know why I didn't put it up, like, earlier. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the reason that they're having so many issues with the DNA testing is because that the, like, the physical samples had deteriorated significantly because they had to get the DNA off of the stockings, but obviously, because obviously DNA didn't exist in 1969 so like they were coming back to samples that were like not preserved well like 30 years later to try to get dna from them so like they're not that great um so they like don't really think that dna testing is really gonna be able to like conclusively say anybody is a match because like how do you really say that when you don't have good evidence to even compare it to like, I feel like most yeah. courts would probably thread that out pretty easily, unfortunately. I mean, they can do the um, the genealogy thing that a couple of cases have kind of hopped on the bandwagon of doing. 
Yeah, and I mean, that is fair, too, because, like, if that Hannah girl is right, and this Peter guy is the one who did it, well, like, not if that Hannah girl is right. I didn't mean it like that. Like, she, her kid that she had. If this guy is truly the guy, then they should be related. Theoretically. Unless she slept with someone else, and it wasn't actually the guy. But her description seemed pretty spot on for Bible John. Like, it seemed pretty likely that it was the same guy. They did do, like, before they had arrested him, they had done this, like, big fancy, like, investigation called, like, Operation Anagram. um, Where they, like, did this big, like, basically try to trace his, like, every movement through the last, like, many decades. Like, several (laughs) decades. And then tried to, like, figure out if he was, like, responsible for any other crimes. Interesting. Um, and then someone, like, a woman, they found out, like, that he had sexually assaulted a woman at the the Barrowland Ballroom in 1968, which drew their attention to, like, hey, he was there in 1968, which is right about when this happened and all these things happened. Wonder if those have any connection. Right, like, wonder if these two things have anything in common. Um, however, are you ready to get disappointed? <laughs> Always. Um, he was eliminated as a suspect by police, though. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah, when they did all that tracing stuff, they found out that he actually had been in England at the time of the last two murders with his like other wife and he like <sighs> married her just like 10 days before the murder so like it was really clear and it was like on their marriage certificate and everything so like it wasn't really like he could like get around that like he literally just got married and they were like on their honeymoon when it happened <sighs> god damn it and then he also was in police custody um for a totally different unrelated thing when one of the other killings occurred. So. I mean, he could have been the OG one, and this is just a copycat. Yeah. So. Probably not but super likely. Kind of hard to murder someone from a whole country away. Well, actually, it's like two countries <sighs> away, because there's a country in between on either side. I hate it. Thanks. So, sorry to, uh, so, sorry to get your helps up just to dash them like just that. Just crush them. But it was excited to have a theory for a second, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Made you feel like we're really getting somewhere? Uh, welcome to my hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so since all of this happened, um, There have been no further victims um, that have been killed in any sort of way that seem like they're connected in any way. Mm -hmm. Um, But the manhunt for this was easily, like, the biggest manhunt in Scottish history. Um, But it is still the biggest manhunt of Scottish history because it has not been solved. um, And we're not done. And we're still looking. Um... And I don't know. I'm hoping we're getting to the time period where 
Like it's been like 40 years. No, it's been like 50 years. It's like Alliance. I worry too that like a lot of people at this point that were like involved or around are probably just like dead because it's been like 50 years. Um, or they're all in like their 80s right now because they were say all they're... in like their 20s and 30s when this happened. So they're all yeah. in like their 70s and 80s right now. Um, but alliances do change. So, I mean, maybe just the wrong old guy will get pissed off. And be like, turns out my friend was Bible John this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Or maybe he just died. Bible John's going to take the last pudding cup and that's going to be the last straw. Because we don't hear about him again after this. But then also, yeah. maybe he went somewhere else. It is Europe. And people in Europe move around, I feel like, a lot easier than they do here in the States. Like, it, it'd be less, like... If someone from the United States, like, went to a different country, like, it'd be surprising to be like, oh, they went to, like, a whole different country after that. Where, like, in Europe, I feel like everybody's so close to each other. It's really easy to hop from, like, one to another. Yeah, they take fucking weekend trips to France. Exactly. So I'm like, I kind of wonder if he just, like, hop, skip, jumped somewhere yeah. else. Like, into Europe or something. I think it'd be interesting to kind of compile case files from all over the UK and see if there's any similarities like after yeah like, it's hard because there's such like a wide open where it's like where the fuck do you even look it's like what what countries do you narrow down what areas do you narrow down what if he went to America how the fuck do you you know what I mean like it's so hard to know or what what if he just got hit by a bus right after like just straight mean girl in. i'm maybe i mean we didn't find it you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i feel like everybody was pretty on high alert about this like it's like one of the biggest band hunts in scottish history like i'm sure other countries knew about it too like they just suddenly had a murderer pop up who did really similar things like i feel like that would probably raise eyebrows maybe maybe not i mean please not always plot twist it was ted bundy the whole time right fuck well, there's a bunch of arguments because some people are like, well, 18 months is like a weird amount of time in between killings or mm. like, what if the second two were like copycat killings or what if they're all done by different people or maybe the first ones are done by one person and the second two were done by other, you know, like there's a bunch of different like yeah, theories on it as well because we also don't have like DNA evidence or bite mark evidence or all that stuff from all of them. So there's not really a way to compare and say definitively like, yep, this is the same bite mark in every case. Or, yep, this is the same DNA in every case. Like, we don't know who it is, but we all know that they're the same person at least. Yeah. There's too many moving parts. Yeah. So, and they did kind of, like, they didn't, like, jump to saying it was a serial killer, but they did investigate it as a serial killer from, like, not after the second murder, but after the third one. Like, they investigated it as a serial killer, like, like, right away. And they never really, like, considered it be anything but that. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's, like, slightly legitimate criticism of, like, okay, hey, well, that's not, like, the only option that's out there. But I feel like it's pretty likely that they were committed by the same person. It just feels like a lot of similarities. I hate it. <laughs> um, they did 
Hold on. Pause, please. <sighs> oh, okay. I was confused by the sentence for a minute, and I was like, what is happening? Um... Oh, I shouldn't have It's not really that important. Anyways. Anyways. Um, so, in 2004, however, they did find that they did find an 80% genetic match from the samples. Okay. Um, but it was actually from, like, a random petty crime that they just happened to get DNA from, but they don't know who committed that either. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, <laughs> God they damn did it. find someone who was very likely related to the killer, but they don't know who did that either to find... <laughs> so. God, you gave me this like little glimmer of hope and then just ripped it away from me. <laughs> Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's 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 all I got. It just it it never gets better. It it never got good. It never well, I, I, I don't know it. why I do this to myself. Well, I like <laughs> do these cold cases and then I just keep expecting there to be an answer. Like, oh yeah. It's a cold case for a fucking reason, because there's no answers. Welcome to my hell. All I do is cold cases now. I hate it here. I hate it here. This is why I don't do this. Okay. Yeah, get out of my swamp. This is my specialty, not yours. <laughs> so, yeah. Go who back knows? to wizards and branches. But don't, don't, don't know who did it. <laughs> don't, I don't, I don't have any answers. I have nothing to end on. <laughs> uh, be unsatisfied and Go out into the world unsatisfied. Sometimes life isn't satisfying, okay? Life doesn't always give you what you want, okay? I don't have any answers for you. Uh, both of the cases I have prepared are also cold cases, so we're just going to three in a row. Real sorry, guys. We're riding this train for a minute. Get used to being unsatisfied, okay? So, uh... There's plenty of straight women who follow us. You are You, you know what it's like, okay? <laughs> Uh, yikes. <laughs> um, stay spooky, but uh, not not so spooky that you go home with a man that won't tell you where he's from or what he does or what his name is. Like, don't be that fucking spooky. Yeah, you need to thoroughly vet anyone that you're going home with. Like, just don't go home see their ID. with men yeah, honestly, on a first date. Yeah. Start there. Yeah, honestly. Honestly, that's the best. But, like, I want to check ID. Like, you better be verifying. Somebody better have your location. I need your birth certificate. Exactly. Make this man go through multiple step verification first. At the bare minimum. Please, I am begging you. Or, if you don't have time for that, just, you know, text no details to your best friend and she'll find it. Don't you worry.
Okay. You know the drill. Follow uh, us on all of the things. Go check out our TikTok because we're trying to be better about being active on there. Um, our Beacons page. The merch store has all of the designs on it now. So yeah, go check those things out. Yeah. And I never want to think about this again. <laughs> <laughs>